welcome to the Not Quite the Afterglow podcast, your chance to see inside the mind of a British 40-something man and his 30-something wife. Not your average couple, but then this is not your average podcast. Hey everyone, you're listening to episode 19 of Not Quite the Afterglow. My name's Richard. And I'm Chloe. And I've been talking to you a lot this week about podcasting about why people seem to be accelerating both listening and also now starting to take their first tentative steps to recording their own podcasts. Yeah, I was just uh, saying to Richard yesterday how I was reading about a new couples podcast that is coming at some point soon. I I didn't see what the actual date so what was. So what is what, what is it about? Um, it's that uh, Spidey, you know, Spencer and Heidi from... Oh God, they were on Big Brother. Yes, but they used to be on... The Hills, the spin-off thing from... Uh, you, you talk about these things, these juvenile television programmes that were on when I was out working, so I've got no idea what you're talking about. I know, they're, they're a bit of an unusual couple, but every, people seem to be genuinely interested in them, which is why they were on I Big just, Brother. I just remember they were on Big Brother and then they got sent into a room on their own. I don't know, because I didn't... Like a week without any of the other housemates and stuff. I or, didn't really watch it, but I'm, as you say, they've had a baby now. She's rather ample-chested, plastic surgery, addicted or something. Yeah, well, apparently, so I've been reading, they're starting a podcast together, um, partly because, and they've made no... There's no shame in this, but they, they just need the money, basically. So I think that's why they're so doing they're it. they're monetizing their podcast. Well, apparently he is selling some sort of crystal healing necklaces oh, or something sake. um and that's that's where they've come to now so they're they're doing a couples podcast and there's been a few other um couples that i've come across now doing podcasts whilst i've been you know doing research stuff for ours so it seems to be a thing that people are genuinely interested in other people's relationships and they're you know they're, they're sort of the way they bounce off each other I think when I got into podcasting in 2006, 2007, when I first started listening to the prequel that would become the Kevin Smith Smodcast show he does with Scott Mosier, um, soon after that, when they launched Smodco, there, which is their, what do you call it, a stable? I don't know. I just said the, that's their umbrella, isn't it's it? Not, it's which like an umbrella. So they under. have education tell them steve dave and a plethora of different shows that they have underneath that umbrella uh not forgetting mike and ming stuff and um he did a show very briefly for about three or four months with his wife jennifer schwalbach smith uh, every morning it was like this morning show he did and i used to listen to it, it was quite funny uh, and and you know I'm not trying to mimic what they're doing with this no, by no stretch of the imagination. But for me, I podcast for not for a living, but I have a you know, hundred and odd, hundred and fifty odd shows out there. This we just do this because it's fun. It's cheaper than marriage counselling. It is, and and it's nice for me to be able to publicly tell you when you are wrong on things or just to you know keep you in chess yeah i suppose so but i mean from, from my perspective it's cool that we can talk about stuff that we do and also stuff that we want to do aspirations and you know i i, I welcome feedback from, i do get feedback from people who listen to the show you know when i was talking about funeral stuff last week i got two or three emails from people who said you know we agree we think it's great you should be allowed to go moldy in a chair somewhere if you want to etc etc but i think now as i said getting into podcasting is easier than ever before when I first started out, a lot of people would sit around a $50, $100 USB microphone 
and that's the first podcast I ever recorded in the States was we were all sat around this snowball USB microphone. And do you remember, it was like when you, when I, you came over to the States with me with, with Christopher in 2012. I recorded my first ever podcast and I then went out and replicated all that kit when I got back to the UK and made a, a, a appalling quality recordings and soon found out that if you want to do a good quality podcast like this you need good quality equipment i wonder if this is is kind of um the future of things you know podcasting and vlogging and things like that because <coughs> you remember way back in the day everyone used to say that ev- every person has a book inside them sure. you know that has their story to tell and you know as we sit here and i'm looking at two bookshelves in front of me absolutely crammed with which books, we haven't touched which in we have which we haven't touched in five years um you know, maybe we're just we're expressing ourselves in different ways. You know, we still need to get the stuff out there and share it, and we want to digest it from other people. But it's 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 different ways of doing it now. I think. Well, I, I think I think the fact that you know the internet is out there that people can create digital media and digital content and get out there under their own steam is fantastic. It opens up so many opportunities. I mean, we have high definition video recording gear. I I've put stuff out on YouTube, etc. But I hate doing it because you've got a face for radio. I have a face for radio. <laughs> I don't have a face for video. You're right. But no, one of the reasons I hate doing it is that um until very recently, editing video for me was a pain. You know, if it was multi-camera or single camera, it was a real pain to do. You need to have th- good tools to do it. I think editing video is is so different to audio because with video, it, it really is an art. You have to, you know, you, you can't just do a, do a great video that is just, you know, to camera and no alternative angles and no other stuff. Yeah, There's so to much to it. Yeah, you the alternative angles. It, but it's also a, it's the sound as well. Yeah. You I'm, think about when, you sh- when you're shooting a video, okay, you're, you're mic'd up. Now, if you've got a good camera, I've got a few very, very good cameras, but you know, a, a decent video camera which has got an auxiliary in where you can actually plug a, a Lavalier mic in or a boom mic in, that's great because you can do all the sound mixing on the mic. Alternatively, you're like this, you're having to record to a device and then mix the two together with a clapperboard, which you know we've done before digital clapperboard stuff, um, and it's really difficult to do, especially if it's multi-camera. It's a pain in the neck. And I tell you what, once you do it, and then you check back and only 26 people have watched your output in a week. It's heartbreaking. Yeah, the thing about podcasts is they're so easy. You can put it on while you're doing something else, whereas a video, you have to be quite engaged with it yeah. at, at the whole time. I know a lot of people who listen to this listen to this while they're driving. Oh, I, or listening to it whilst doing housework stuff. Hi, Leah. And um, <laughs> we have a friend, Leah, who... Uh, puts it on in the background when she's doing housework it's one of those things though that when you have a small child when that child gets bigger to understand certain words you have to re- rethink when you're listening to stuff or you just have to educate them on words that other people say that you're not allowed to say and our, our children are actually very good at that yeah our children are very good senses yeah but going back to the video thing one of the things i've noticed is obviously our children watch a lot of youtube a lot of YouTube, and yeah. um there are some things that they've been watching over quite a period of time. And it and it's interesting to see the evolution in those videos, um, you know, where they're at now with how they were when, when the children first started watching. So in terms of, you know, the extra graphics and having sure. more um, of, a, of a story and things in there. But it, it's incredible how it's uh, influencing them now. I mean, our youngest keeps asking me to do these little cake challenge things you know where you get a blank cake and then you get a bowl 
with uh, lots of bits of paper with suggestions of things to put on that cake and then you have to literally draw them out one at a time and put them on the cake or on a pizza or really? something like that. Why? Yeah, he's forever wanting me to do that. I don't know. <laughs> Just because he's seen it on the videos. He likes watching food videos as well, which I think is a good sign because his dad likes food. Oh, yeah. He, I, I have to say, you know... I wonder what the levels of people watching porn versus food porn are because, you know, I could only watch a certain amount of porn before I get bored, but I could watch food porn all day yeah. long. Is it twisted? The the twisted ones twisted are, ones are basically, they just take a food that is already probably quite amazing and do something to it that involves adding extra cheese. Oh, it's always cheese. It's always got extra cheese. It's always got extra cheese. Or, or mixing meat. Or the, to make a Big Mac using it's, tortillas. Yeah. And it's just of, like... Of five pounds of mince. Let's just mash things up to create something amazing that is... Deep bursting. fried tortilla full of spaghetti or stuff. But it, yeah. it's just got to have cheese. Like, And I wait. I wait for that money shot at the end where they where the you get the... the it is the money shot the where money you get shot. the stringy cheese or like it, when they've got an egg and it's a poached egg or something and, they, and, the, and it runs out. I'm not a fan of the lava if cakes, you ever though. ever bring a cheese grater to bed, I'm going to be very worried. Uh, I could tell you stories I've heard about that, but I won't. Okay, good. Um, but it, I'm, not so, I'm not so into the lava cake ones. Have you seen those where they'll have like a chocolate cake? And it just looks like a normal cake, but when they cut it, just all this gooey chocolate, it just sort of implodes in the centre and runs out. I'm right. not a big fan of, like, I'm not turned on by gooey chocolate rivers coming out of stuff. But yeah. if that's cheese, I am all over it. It's got to be a specific temperature for stuff like that, or you'd have to some. You just have you'd have to like reclaim or something. Yeah, you just have to do it as soon as it happens. But get, getting back to the podcast. Oh, yeah, thing, I'm drooling right? here. Stop talking about food because I'm on a diet, and guys, the diet's going okay until. Is it? It was going okay until yesterday. Yesterday, I was in a car accident, so I I celebrated, not celebrated, commiserated with half a packet of biscuits and some candy. And also this week, we had Burns Night. And we had being Burns Night. about, I don't know, would it be 2% laddie. Scottish maybe in there? How, uh, how no, Scottish are I, you? So my, grand, my grandfather's father, so, uh, yeah, about 2% Scottish. Yeah, exactly. So, so being that 2% Scottish... But I'm more Scottish than I am anything else. You had to... Well, the other ninety-eight percent is gorilla, but yeah, um, Scottish gorilla. You had to, you had to have your haggis and your neeps and your tatties yeah. and a glass of whiskey. Yes, you had to have that, but you and it wasn't a very nice whiskey. Didn't either. necessarily have to have seconds, did you? No, no, it wasn't seconds. I had an extra I, helping. No, I didn't have an extra helping. I split my helping into two plates of of perfect portion size for an adult. But this was vegetables, potatoes, vegetables, Swede is a vegetable. Okay, I can have as many vegetables as I want. And if you look at haggis, haggis is mostly oats. Which are filling. They're oats. They're not, it's not, yeah. it's not candy. It's oats. Yeah. Yeah, it's not burger. Which are filling. It's not fried. And meat. Do you know, a, side, a portion of protein should be the palm of your hand. Well, sod that for a game of soldiers. My point is, my <laughs> yeah, and point you have, is, you I have, have having, reasonable size I hands. have been having one meal a day for the last three or four days. One meal a day. Right, as a meal. Yeah, and then the rest of the time I've been eating apples and bananas. And, <coughs> and pears. And uh, no, that, chorley cake. I had one chorley cake yesterday. And finished off some Bombay of the mix. children. Yeah, some Bombay mix. And I had three fruit pastels. And some fruit pastels. That was yesterday. And a bag of, top, a few sweets uh, out of a bag. 
bag of scampi fries. And a oh. bag of scampi fries. Oh, damn. I Outed. tell you, I am, you know, being a mum, you just know. I'm still losing weight. I know I'm losing weight because my belt, I've moved notches on my belt. So, hey ho. But uh, being a mum, like, you just know. You know your house and you know you know things. Like, I can tell, if I've been out for the day, I can... I'm still eating 80% less than I usually would. Yes, you are, dear. But I can tell, if I've been out, I can tell what he's had for lunch by... And to be fair, he will always wash up, but I just know from looking at what things are on the drying rack he's had for lunch, or I'll put something in the rubbish bin. Like, you don't even hide it. So I, I put Why something would in I the... hide it? That's, that says you've got a problem if you've got to hide it. Or you, well, you deny it, which is the same thing. Two sides of the same coin. No, it's but not. But I'll put something in the rubbish and I'll be like, oh, empty packet of scampi fries. Oh, half a slice of bread. Right, get back you've... to the bloody podcast. We're talking about podcasting, not about the fact that your husband has Isn't... actually been trying to lose some weight and doing really well at it. The funniest thing the other day was I was sat in the lounge and he came down and he you said something about you were going to have an apple or something. And then I heard you in the kitchen and I said something and you said something back and you obviously had a mouthful of food. And I just went... <laughs> You're eating a banana, aren't you? And you said, I am. And I said, that's how well I know you. It's from another room. I can tell what you're eating just from the sound of how right, you spoke. Right, can we get back to podcasting? So when I first started podcasting in 2012, as I said, people used to have you know, a generic USB microphone and then USB microphones got more clever and stuff. And I suddenly worked out that to do a podcast that, a lot of people would listen to and share and syndicate. You need to have good quality equipment. But what I've noticed is the cost of good quality equipment is dropping. I there's think a lot th- of Chinese kit coming out, which is actually pretty good. I think there's just a lot of stuff out there generally. I mean, you I will say you did try a hundred different microphones and things. I remember I did. at one point, um you I, even I, I had some microphones. You even had some kind of X Factor microphone thing can you remember that it was yeah like you know, I, I, I only got it because I wanted the XLR lead that came with it I didn't want the microphone I just wanted the. it came with the cable and interface I wanted the interface I didn't want the microphone it's still there it's downstairs it's somewhere in a box but my point still remains is that if you want good sounding podcasts you need good sounding equipment good professional kit a decent a decent mixer two decent mics or three decent mics if you're going to have more than two people decent pop shields decent headphones and to be able to record digitally not record to your laptop or to your computer record to a either to the device itself or to a field recorder of some description and to do all this stuff isn't now costing a lot it's not costing a huge amount of money we've been practicing a couple of weeks ago with some chinese mics which were like 20 bucks each and they were fantastic quality i mean these ones these ones are about 150 dollars a piece these mics but, but this this goes back to what i was saying about the youtube videos and stuff you know people can <coughs> excuse me people start out with you know the basic equipment and then they they work their way up as well as well as sort of honing their craft and and stuff like that, i guess i mean i i don't really watch a lot of stuff on youtube i will occasionally watch tutorials but they're not ever like hair and makeup ones they're normally things like do you know what the last tutorial i watched on youtube was how to change the clock on my car i do a lot of youtube stuff when it comes to my car how, how to do the bluetooth and shit it like was that. quicker so I don't read the manual it was quicker for me to just quickly look it up on, on youtube yeah. than to to look through the manual on how to do it yeah, i think that's common i think that's very common but I, are you saying about how you said everyone has a book in them. I truly believe now with podcasting that 
if you have an idea and you are creative and you have something to say as long as people want to listen to it you've got this creative output in you allowing you to do a podcast yeah i think it's one of those things that's kind of easier to do because as as you say you know editing of audio is 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 a lot less it shouldn't cost anything yeah it's a lot less difficult than video stuff but i think also just from a time constraint like we just sit down and we just we just talk it's like half an hour out of our day it's you know it's quite easy to to do so i think um i think definitely when you start seeing other people you know sort of more out there doing their own podcasts and things um like when i said about the spidey one that's you know coming out i think a lot of people out there do have their own podcast you know people who've got maybe sort of small fan bases and things like that and people who've got very niche interests you know Mm. who want to spend all day talking about i don't know but i I, I wouldn't even say like harry potter but but just something really but i am going to say that if your podcast if you don't have good equipment and your podcast sounds poor people will turn off the abandon rates on your podcast will be incredibly high incredibly high so it is worth thinking about the equipment that you're using not just the topic that you're recording about the equipment that you're using is critical to how successful your podcast is going to be and as i said the cost of doing that now is coming down and i think that opens the door for a lot of people to start getting involved with podcasts it's certainly not something you should be scared of is it no and i think it's something that we are going to look on exploring um at a later date so you know obviously we have this podcast and you have your um I have three or four of the podcasts. Your your other ones that are sort of more technically based and stuff. But I think we'll definitely be looking to do other ones just on on different things um, or something. We, we we talked about having a sort of podcast stable, haven't we? If we could find other people who wanted to be involved to bring them into the mix. Yeah. Just because I think, you know, there are a lot of people with stories to tell out there and it's nice to listen to them. I mean, no better example of people with stories to tell is the podcast that we both listen to quite a lot which is this american life yeah which you know is talking to people out there about all different things you know but this american story. this american life is not a podcast is it it's 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 a is show it? that's delivered on u.s national public radio that's syndicated online that's not yeah a podcast. i mean it's a podcast it's not, but it's a magazine it's show. not a podcast it's not a podcast it's a magazine show from u.s national public radio that's syndicated online so it's a bad example of a podcast but it's something that's that you know piques your interest i meant it, about telling people stories sure, it tells a story but it's not necessarily a podcast i think the 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 cottage industry now that allows people to go out to 50 80 100 000 listeners a week to be able to tell a story it, it, it's it's available to everyone now you've just got to have a little bit of kit and also some gumption to tell a story or to take people on that journey to keep them coming back week after week yes and hopefully you'll come back after this one well, do you know what? This is a call to arms. If other people are interested in podcasting and wondering how to take their first steps, drop us a line. Because one of the things I do notice, and I have noticed over the years, is there are very few podcast how-to, good podcast how-tos on YouTube. There's a lot of people who think they know how to do a podcast with one, you know, a one-mic setup or whatever. Um, but actually, there's a lot more to it. That you know, I, I think as well, if you have the decent kit, like we've said, the editing process is easy. I think it's about doing it for the right reasons as well. It I is. mean, we we do this just because, you know, we have all these random fun conversations and stuff and it's uh, we have great discussions on car journeys and things like that and, you know, everyone 
well we don't get to see people as often as we would like so this is a way of sharing stuff with our friends yeah. uh, that we don't get to see very much but you know from the other aspect i th- i think it's so different when your podcast is you're you're driving your podcast to basically make you money by the or, way if anyone can hear a vibration there's a chinook a chinook helicopter's just gone over the roof of the house at a very low level yeah do you know what this does worry me like uh, we do live sort of fairly near one of um, the biggest life fire some, rangings in the world yeah and and some airstrips and stuff but very occasionally we'll have um a time where lots of stuff seems to be happening and it always makes me slightly worried that you know they know something we don't do you remember we lived in our old house and we went behind the house and special forces landed in a chinook the sas landed yeah that was uh quite unexpected <laughs> yeah and then we had the sas coming in tied to apache helicopters do you remember they were coming in two guys strapped either side side by side in the dark coming in you know firing with them that's quite scary yeah but I think I don't know. It's I, I it's something I've uh, always grown up with. Really, having had like a huge training area, not that far away. I mean, I'll be sitting in my office outside in the garden, and all you hear is <laughs> as you hear the artillery uh, on Salisbury Plain, which is you know where they're training before they go out to. Yeah, I mean, I to. I can remember being and the U.S. Army go out there as well. I remember being in. Um, mobile classrooms at school you know and they're you know these little they're like sheds aren't they these mobile classrooms and they had very thin panes of glass in the windows and when they were firing the windows would ever so slightly vibrate and I remember my mum having decorative plates on the wall and they would vibrate when there was uh, gunfire and stuff as well but you just never I don't know it, it just was sort of normal but I can't imagine for Anybody who's sort of lived in a war zone or, you know, on the periphery of one, what it must be like, because, you know, we know this stuff is kind of not real and things like that, but also it's very far away and yet you can hear it so clearly. Where where the live fire exercises are must be about 14, 15 miles away from here, but you can hear it as if it's, you know, you feel the vibration, certainly. Yeah, I mean, some of the bits where they are, it's like an hour's drive from yeah, there. and you can hear it clearly across the plain. You know, we, We're very lucky in Wiltshire. We do have a lot of garrison towns where the British Army are based, and they bring a lot of business into these areas and stuff like that. Um, but as I said, you know, it's a bit of a pain when I'm doing a conference call and I have to go on mute because there's artillery fire in the background. Like, What's that noise? Oh, yeah, it's just art- it's just. How it's I think my favourite one was when you were doing a call once and you went, oh, do excuse that sound of horses' hooves um, because where where you were uh, re- doing your phone call, your conference call... My office some, up on the garden. Somebody went past on a horse. I mean, we, we live near some fields-ish, but not that near that yeah. you would expect to see a horse going past at any time. Yeah. I mean... I, I, I often get... I, I was on a conference call a few weeks ago, uh, a video conference call, and uh, our dog was in the office, and the dog was scratching the door to go out, but of course I couldn't I couldn't let the dog out because I was on a conference call. So the dog jumped out the window. Now, the people on the conference call didn't know that I wasn't on the ground floor. So all these people going, oh, your dog just jumped out the window. I was like, yeah, don't worry, on the ground floor. The dog leapt three foot through the window pane. That's what she's like, though. She's a, she's a bit of a sneaky one because she somehow, despite us shutting the... We have a staircase so she doesn't come upstairs in the evening. She somehow managed to nudge it open because it, it was obviously shut but not fully clicked. And she managed to nudge it open the other night and come up 
onto our bed at night time. Into the bed, actually. And then into the bed and then under the duvet. Yeah. I came back from the bathroom, got in, and there was just this fur ball underneath the duvet at the end of the bed. And I was just like... And I shaved my legs that weekend. I'm sure you'd shaved your legs. We actually had a really nice weekend. We went away. I took you away for a surprise this weekend. Yes, I had a... Well, it's slightly belated. It's not really belated because it was the weekend after my birthday. But we did go for a lovely um, time away in a hotel where... They have it a was, spa, but where it was very good. Com- it was a complete surprise to me, and I'd been told that we were doing something slightly different. So I had the fanciest ball gown. Well, it wasn't a ball gown, but well, it was, it was a very dress. It was a very fancy evening dress with lots of sequins, and uh, and then lots of cleavage. Lots of cleavage. Lots of cleavage. And and Richard had a full suit with waistcoat and everything. Yeah. And when we were going to dinner, and I was. Um, we were the most, be the best dressed people in the hotel. We were, and I said, "Oh no, I just feel I feel so overdressed. I have to get really drunk, so I don't I don't care about how overdressed I am." But then you said very lovely when we got back to the room afterwards. You said that all the women there, when I came in, all the women there realised how underdressed they were. They were. They you, they were in a five star hotel. You get you get husband points for that. They were wearing jeans and t shirts and stuff. If you're going to a five star hotel in the middle of the countryside. You should make an effort to get dressed for dinner. That's what you do. I had really full-on shoes as well. You did. Um, so that's kind of that's my bit done for the year now. You know, I don't. This is the thing when you once you've had kids and you're sort of in that bubble, wearing high heel shoes or dressing up is something that you hardly ever do. So you have these clothes and you can't get rid of them, um, because partly you know you want to aim to fit back into them one day but also you never know when that occasion might arise when you'll be like oh do you know what i can wear my heels and then you get to wear them and it's like no you can't remember how to walk in them but you just suddenly are aware of how uncomfortable they are compared to your normal shoes compared to your mum uniform of converse trainers yeah um you know, so it is nice to to dress up and do but, something. But this hotel was in the in the middle of Gloucestershire, and I took you on a magical mystery tour to get there. So you you had no idea when you were in the car where you were going. No, no, we were just basically driving in the wind and rain, just randomly cross country where I didn't know where through we were these going. tiny little lanes. You didn't know where you were going. We had a lovely Italian meal on the way there. We did. We stopped at a pub. I have this thing where there are, I just love an open fire in a pub. I just, I, I, I don't had, know what it's from. We had the whole from. pub to ourselves as we well. We did because we were quite early for, for lunch. But I love uh, like an open fire and a comfy chair. And then I like pub food that is like real pub food, not fancy. I say chips, obviously, those of you in the States would be fries, but you get them and they're really fat, chunky things. Hate and I, them. I like, I just like regular ones, just regular stuff. I want a lasagna, I want a tiny bit of salad. <coughs> I don't even mind if it's got that sort of dated bit of cress on the top. I just, I love that. I love a Coke that comes, you know, when they press a button, a tap Coke, yeah, we call them. Draft Coke. Yeah. Um, you know, with some ice and, you know, and they always put in a slice of lemon. I do, I do really have a thing about pubs and pub meals. Yeah, so I took you to a really nice um, TripAdvisor five-star rated. It, it got top reviews, so I deliberately detoured, plotted a route there so that I knew from there we could go. I didn't quite know that the route from there to the hotel cross-country would be quite as 
yeah, there was a, it was a good job we were in a in a car that had four wheel drive because it was quite twisty. But it depends on it, what you it put wasn't on quite your... twisty. It was the deep water and the mud and everything else. Yeah, although we've had horrific rain and wind um, this last week, so the there's gardens been, are bog. Yeah, there's been a lot of flooding and trees down, and we've had we've had to have someone come and fix our fence temporarily because it was so battered but by I've the been, wind. I've been driving a four wheel drive. SUV this last couple of weeks because some beggar drove into my car the other week in my my day-to-day car I've got a sporty hatchback thing and someone drove into it without leaving their details and smashed it up so that's waiting to go into the body shop next week when can I send you to a body shop you can send me to a body shop whenever you want I just need to know what color respray you want me in that's all but a pleasant finish maybe yeah, I definitely want a smoother finish. A smoother finish. You want me to <laughs> wax before I go. There isn't enough wax in the southwest of England to wax me. You'd start waxing, and then by the time you finish, you'd have to start again. Like painting the uh, Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah, you'd never finish waxing. It would always be growing back. I'm sorry, that's just... And our two children are going to be exactly the same. They're going to be the most hirsute young men you've ever seen. And that's just genetics for you. I know. I didn't get it from my father though. I must. I got it. My mother. My mother. My mother is not the bearded lady, um, but certainly her father was hairy. It must be a recessive gene. Like it I have wasn't my, in her. I have but it my grandfather's you. hands. You do. You do have. I have my grandfather own. Harry's hands, and he was hairy chested, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, and I get it from him. I tell you what, that's not a bad inheritance. You know. If I get a lot of stuff from him, I'm pretty rich. He was very handy with his hands, though, he was wasn't he? Because he was a, with his hands. an engineer. Whereas you know, I'm not remotely handy with my hands. Although I have, we got home the other day. We got home from this Ameri- this lovely weekend to find the television wouldn't work. Oh yes, and so big disaster in the morning when uh, the children couldn't watch Power Rangers whilst eating their breakfast. Um, and we yeah. found out that while we were away, there'd been a storm. Well, the, we we knew the weather had been bad, but it had been so bad that the rain had and the rain had been lashing so badly that it had run down the aerial cable into the amplifier. Box. Yeah, it actually filled the aerial amplifier in the loft full of water. So I had to rewire the whole thing, which I did in record quick time. You I re- did. I redid everything. So again, I am handy, Andy. You are handy, but I tell you, because you sit stroking keys, you have the softest hands. I you do. have such soft hands. My hands are terrible. Since having children, my hands are but you have terrible. Small hands, which I like. In the in the winter, yeah, and they make you look big. But my hands oh. are are terrible, and I think it's Thank you from. For that. I think it's from years of like baby wipes and forever having to wash my hands and washing up and things like that. And uh, I really suffer with, with dry hands and stuff, whereas your hands are always baby smooth. I don't do any work. And your feet are baby smooth. They are. But then I have this sedentary life where I write for a living or I sit in front of a laptop or I sit in front of a pile of laptops and that's my job. I don't do anything. One hand is smoother than the other, though. Is it? Which one? <laughs> Guess. <laughs> I'm looking now. I don't know. I think that just went over your oh, head. Oh, it completely over my head. Anyway... Oh, I see what you're getting at. Oh, dirty girl. Well, look, we've started talking about the podcast thing. Where where I'm trying to get to is, if anybody listening would like to know more about how to get involved with doing a proper sounding, proper mixed podcast, drop me a line because we're seriously thinking, I mean, I have, maybe we should set a competition. For what? I'll tell you what, we should set a competition that, we have at least four or five recording rigs. Four or five complete recording rigs. Maybe what we should do is set a competition where 
couple or someone listening to this podcast can come up with an idea and we'll provide them the kit and the technology. If they're based in the UK, we'll provide them the kit. If they're based in the US, we'll provide them an Amazon voucher for the kit because it's not worth posting it. We'll provide them the Amazon voucher for the kit to record their own show, which we will release underneath our stable, soon-to-be stable of podcasts. Yeah, and if you... You don't even have to do it as a as a series. If you just want to have a go and do like one or two, just to see sure. if if you fancy or not. But podcasting is one of these things where, as I said, if you look at vlogging, vlogging's huge. If you're talking to a teenage audience, you know you get all these people a million hits or whatever. Or Charlie bit my finger, which was recorded by Howard, one of the guys I used to work with at Red Hat. It was his Charlie was is his son. Uh, Eight hundred thousand million listens. You know it does work, but. I think podcasting reaches a far bigger audience than vlogging does. And you can, realistically, the world's your oyster when it comes to topics you want to talk about. You just have to keep an audience occupied. So if you are interested in doing your own podcast, I what we will provide you, the professional suite of applications, tools, and technologies you need in order to make something that sounds good. So there i have set the mantle i've set the expectation level so let's see what happens let's see if anybody replies and see if they're interested in doing their own show yes and do you know what as you're saying all of that all i'm thinking of is cheese why, I'm st- why I'm are still- you still thinking about i can't cheese? go over this food porn thing do you know, this is the last thing you say to me before you go to sleep at night when i say oh, i love you and i roll over and give you a kiss and you start talking about cheese and glitter this thing that you do since we've met you always talk about cheese when you're falling asleep yeah well look what it's happened with obsession. the power ranger thing you know Anything can come out of my mouth. Yeah, well, I'll tell you something for nothing. You know, I did get a Power Ranger suit and I did buy you two kilos of cheese at Christmas, so... You did, and for anyone who's interested in my progress on that Stilton that we I purchased... Still, we still have... We still, still we still have, have a lot of it in the half freezer. Half a kilo of each of those cheeses left. Not bad going. You've been listening to episode 19 of Not Quite the Afterglow, the episode where we set you a challenge that if you want to be on your own podcast, we'll provide you the equipment. All you have to do is come up with the thoughts, the ideas, and the content behind it. The episode where she confessed to being a cheeseaholic. I love cheese. <laughs> Maybe I'm going to do a podcast about cheese, but it's not worth it if you haven't got the visual. It doesn't work. Come back for episode 20 next week. Look forward to hearing from you then. See you soon. Thanks for listening. Remember, you can subscribe via iTunes on your Apple device. If you are an Android user, we recommend using CastBox, available free from the Google Play Store. Find us on Facebook. Search Not Quite the Afterglow.